Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 66 of the Mess Hall Podcast. This week's guests are Mary and Amanda from Tomato Radio. Awesome, awesome podcast. I really enjoy it. It's from Edmonton. And they're also part of the Alberta Podcast Network. These ladies were terrific. I think I could have just said food and they could have just went on forever. They are so knowledgeable and so awesome. So thanks again, ladies, for being on the podcast. And speaking of the Alberta Podcast Network, if you head over there right now, to the albertapodcastnetwork.com slash survey. Fill out a survey about the podcast that you listen to. Hopefully you'll listen to mine. Hopefully you'll listen to the Tomato Radio podcast. And like I said, fill out a survey. You get one of three. There's three chances to win a cash prize of $100. So it's pretty awesome. Help us build the podcast network to a better place. And like I said, fill out that survey. It would be great. It would be great help for us. The Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And this episode is brought to you in part by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, which happens this year on October 10th. The Wellness Summit is a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness. This year's the focus will, will take on creating a healthier workplace and cultures that, where everyone thrives. Supporting the health and wellness of employees is becoming a major consideration for many workplaces. And Alberta Blue Cross wants to connect the dots of what it takes to create a healthier workplace and happier people. Among the speakers are Drew Dudley, whose TED Talk on everyday leadership has been viewed millions of times. You may know it as lollipop moments. It reminds us that we all have power to improve in each other's lives. And I did watch this TED Talk and it is pretty awesome, so make sure you check it out. The Alberta Blue Cross has designed the summit so that you're not just sitting and listening. You have a chance to actually engage with the information, the speakers, and they'll come away with practical tools and evidence-based resources that you can use, whether you're a frontline worker or a C-suit executives. Connections happen here. The summit is at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel on October 10th. To learn more, go to thewellnesssummit.ca. Podcast. Oh, hey, today I have two awesome ladies here. I have Mary and Amanda, both from Tomato Radio here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. So I took a little trip from Calgary to Edmonton, and <laughs> thanks for welcome. Yeah, yeah yes. thanks for coming on, ladies. Thanks for having thanks us. Um, I listen to your podcast, and you guys have such a passion for food that I really like it. Um, where did you guys get your passion for food from? Where did that develop? Oh, that's a good question. The kitchen? Yeah. A long, long time ago? I got it from my, my grandmother was a really awesome cook. And um, when we were growing up, and, and same with my grandfather on my dad's side, and when we were growing up, we had a lot of interesting things that we ate at their at their dinner table. My sister always likes to tell a joke about how grandma slipped us some tongue one time. <laughs> um, and my grandpa tried to um, convince my aunt that pig's ears were calamari so um um, those are the weird things but but we also uh grew up with a real love of food and 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 interesting food um that's where mine came from well mine is similar my parents particularly my mother were both um 
they had very high standards, but they were interesting because my mother is from the East Coast. My father was a prairie boy. So they brought sort of different sensibilities, but also, you know, like my father was, we used to get milk from a farmer when I was a kid because my father was really like, no, I'm not buying any of that supermarket crap, you know, that kind of idea. But I can remember going to the Kingston Farmer's Market with my mother when I was like four or five years old you know, getting fresh things. And we had this, I remember we had this bakery in town called the Polish Bakery, and they made this really great rye bread. And now I realize it was probably my dad's payday was when we went, because we went once a month. And she had all these places where she did different things. And the butcher at the local Loblaws, you know, knew how to cut the meat a certain way. So, you know, we grew up in this house that, that thought food was important. And my mother was also quite savvy nutritionally, which I think she just picked up as she went along because we would always, she would make this amazing turkey soup in the pressure cooker and then boil it every day, which, you know, was a food safety thing, but nobody ever thought of that. And all my friends thought we were weird because we had salad every night. Hmm. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it just kind of grew from there. Nice. I, I like, I like those origin stories of just getting it from your grandparents and just... <laughs> Being embedded with it since you've been young. And oh, yeah. I think yeah, it's amazing sure. how those things, like, you forget about them, and then one day you start doing something, and you're like, oh, my, my grandma used to always do this. Yeah. Or, you know, my did dad like did that. this. And, yeah. and did it like that. I think it's so fun to rediscover those things as you as you develop that passion for yourself, too. And I think it, it sort of teaches you in, in an interesting way that, in a way, in food, nothing is new to a certain extent. I mean, good ingredients are always the first thing about food. And that's what matters no matter where you are in the world. That's what matters. And it's, you know, that comes from, that's not new. Like no. this whole, no. oh, we're going back to the farm, we're buying, you know, lots of local food. That's not new. That's actually really old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like that we were, man and I were talking about, like, getting those fresh things from the farm earlier. And I think that was, those things are really important. Like, oh, very. I like getting to know who I'm getting my stuff from. Like, whether it's, like, I was at the Barron Flower Farm, and their farm was amazing, and it was just so open and free-range, and the pigs are just running around, and they looked happy. <laughs> and um, It was pretty awesome just to see that instead of my thoughts of always a pig farm was just caged-up animals. Yeah. And, Oh, I just heard the Nova Scotia come out in your voice. Yes. <laughs> it does That's come so out occasionally. <laughs> I love that. We're talking about pigs. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the that and the there. Yeah. Usually it comes out in the smaller words of car and bar. Yes. Yeah. It reminds so. me of my mother. She was from New Brunswick. She always would say the wash. Yes. Wash the car. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... Uh, that's one thing I miss from the East Coast is that fresh seafood. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Just cooking it. So when I'm there, I just immerse myself in it because it's like, what do I want to have steak? Yeah. And I know totally. there's some really good beef in Nova Scotia, but like, no, 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 give me that stuff from the sea. Yeah. So what are your go-to things if you were in Nova Scotia? What are you looking for first? Or New Brunswick, I guess. Well, depending on the season. So if it's lobster season, certainly lobster. Yeah. You know, so it's what's running. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. And of course, on PEI, oysters. Mm-hmm. has beautiful oyster farms there. You know, and so many of them, so interesting. So that that's, sort of thing. That's that's awesome. Uh, what you talk about just in season, lobster season is now where my parents are. That's, oh, wow. That's lobster season Wonderful. right now. So. What is it that makes lobster season lobster season? Like, what, what is the seasonality of it? What is it? Um, it's, there's different seasons or regions in Nova Scotia and PEI where you're allowed to fish. Yeah. 
from my understanding of it anyway. I may be wrong, so if a fisherman wants to contact me and let me know. But, yeah, different regions have different times where you can fish. So I know where I am where I grew up, that's uh, fishing season right now. I know that, like, down on the south shore, like, by Yarmouth, it's a little bit later in December area when their lobster season is. So I think it depends on – I think it's part of it is to prevent – over fishing yes. lobstering, yeah. let's say. Yep. I think also the animals themselves have a bit of a season, so you don't want to be uh, catching them at certain times. And I think it also depends on what fish are running, because yep. if fish are running at a certain time, you know, the lobster fishing can get, get in the way of that oh, kind I of see. fishing. So it's, it's sort of managed, I think, for several mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. But, um, you know, basically you can get great lobster almost every yeah, month exactly. of the year, depending on where it's from. Yeah. Yeah, so true. Or fresh seafood. Almost yes. you can get anything fresh. So it's pretty awesome. Like I remember working in restaurants and people driving up in their truck and we'd get in this they came in ten or twenty pound fish pans, like that's the sizes and it'd be just like fresh halibut. Oh wow. That yeah, was pretty awesome. And you know, fresh haddock and we use a haddock for fish and chips. And haddock is so delicious. It does make great fish and chips. Yeah. I think it's kind of one of those fish. If you don't grow up with haddock, you don't understand how delicious it is and how good it is <laughs> breaded and fried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like fish and chips. I'm not a huge fish fan. I hate oh. to say it, but um, I like. I had some scallops last night, so I'm a, yummy. Mm-hmm. I like scallops. I like haddock. And I like fish and chips and stuff like that. But I'm not a huge lobster fan. Or, it's more of a texture thing with me. Like, yeah. Same as shrimp. It is it's hard. It's tough to eat, too. Like, you have, you need some tools. You need some patience. Yeah. You need all of those kinds of things. Yeah. But I did work in a crab processing plant for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Work that would probably ships. turn you off crab for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't a huge crab fan anyway, so oh, it's, okay. I'm not bothered by it. Mm-hmm. I'm more turned off by turkey from working in restaurants. Oh. Um, just cooking so much turkey at Christmas time in hotels. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. It would be overload for sure. Yeah. But I think that seasonality is really, is is also something that's really interesting. And Mary and I um, got to know each other a little bit more uh, when we worked on uh, a, a local food event that's still going on today. We're not involved in it anymore, but it's called Indulgence. And it happens in the second week of June. It's June end? 12th this June year. June 12th this year. It's okay. actually an event I started with, with yeah. um, a colleague over, uh, well, actually about 20 years ago. And the whole point was to put together, you know, a local farmer or rancher or food producer with a local chef and with, with BC wine. It was the whole point of it in the early days. And it was funny in the early days because some of the comments we'd get would be, oh, there was nothing there but BC wine or how come there aren't any vegetables? Because yeah. we have in the spring. Exactly. We still hear that yeah. there aren't enough vegetables. Yeah. It's just like, what does it take to get through to people? You know, it's early in May. There's very few things that are ready to go. I mean, now it's a bit better because it's more hothouse. Yeah. But if you're talking about things coming right out of the ground, yeah. you know, there's not a lot. But I think, but I think that that's a really that's a big realization for people too. Like, oh, it's June, you know, and and certainly working on that event with with mm-hmm. with Mary and lots of other great um, producers and chefs and stuff like that um, really drilled that home, right? Like, eat what's eat what eat what is in season and it's going to taste great when it's in season yes. and you can't get it all the rest of the year and that's okay 
because it tastes the best when you're exactly. when you're eating it right yes. then, right? Who wants to yes. eat an Okanagan, any kind of peach in January? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not there. Yeah. And my favorite is asparagus because I truly yes. think I probably eat asparagus almost every day from now until the end of the season. And then I don't want to see another asparagus here <laughs> until the yes. next year because, you know, it's just... And cherries are another great example. Though last year I noticed we were still getting BC cherries into August. Hmm. And I thought, eh, you know, it's kind of the thrill is gone now. <laughs> I like those early ones because they just taste so delicious. So yeah. much like summer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you were talking about the event and talking about fresh produce, I was thinking asparagus the whole time. Oh, yes. Then you said asparagus and... I really like that. I'm a huge fan of fresh asparagus. Well, there's so Edgar good. Farms, which yes. is in Innisfail, practically halfway between Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah. That's probably, you're seeing that in the markets. But yeah. Riverbend Gardens, they planted their asparagus. It's a, 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 a farm a market to the garden. East of Edmonton. In yeah. that beautiful area where the land is so good mm-hmm. for farms. And they, they have their first crop this year. So I'm hoping to get my hands on it because it looks quite amazing. I don't know how big. Because in, uh, uh, Innisfail, the Edgar Farm people, mm-hmm. have 40 acres of asparagus now. So they've been building that up since the 80s when they were told that it wasn't possible to grow asparagus mm-hmm. in Alberta. So they, have, they really are the pioneers. But I was happy to hear that Riverbank Gardens has some That's too awesome. because there's just really not enough asparagus to go wrong, no. in my opinion. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Edgar Farms. I've been to their asparagus festival oh, yeah. or festival before. It's fun. They let you pick some asparagus right out of the field, and yeah. it's so juicy and tender yeah. and You delicious. can eat it raw. Yeah. You know, it's so fresh, you can eat it raw. I yeah. often shave it yes. into a salad, this kind of stuff. Okay. It's so much fun. So you're talking about salads, and you're talking about salads growing up. I, I'm getting more into salads. I've been looking at diets lately and just mm-hmm. trying to eat better and so what what kind of salad is go-to salad for you? Oh, boy. Um, just sort of the standard garden variety everyday salad, even in the winter, is romaine because it's crunchy. And you, and you can usually get decent romaine. I mean, I know it's coming from California, but, you know. But in the summertime, it's a whole different thing because you've got so many fresh, you know, there's great herbs. There's lots of different lettuces. There's all sorts of different greens. I often do sort of like cooked salads almost where some of the some of the things will be cooked and some won't. Okay. Um, to me a salad is a pretty big <laughs> word that yes. encompasses a lot of things. And you know you can put you can put cheese on it, you could put, you know, even just a beautiful caprese salad in the summer. I hate it when I see on a menu in January caprese salad. I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> These tomatoes are terrible. It's supposed to be made with tomatoes that they're ripe you know their peak of freshness and that for us is usually august right yeah you know some beautiful um little uh, fior de latte you know some lovely fresh mm-hmm. cheese so so de- delicious mm-hmm. a little bit of beautiful olive oil mm-hmm. salt and pepper yummy yeah. i love a i love a good panzanella salad right oh, in the height yeah. of summer yes. right with like nice like roasted garlic it's and so like good barbecued like if you have a nice grill and you put the tomatoes on the grill and some beautiful bread. And, and now the bread soaks everything out. Yeah. It's so delicious. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. Salad like, can be anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying that fresh bread and the grilled tomatoes and the juice comes out of the tomatoes. Yeah. And the bread just soaks it up. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the spot right there. Well, both of you did. It's just, <laughs> now I'm just want to have a big salad. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm becoming a fan of just a big salad. And like you said, romaine is 
getting better, like even in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing compared to the fresh stuff you get. No, nothing, but at least it's something. Yeah. You're but getting just, into salad at the perfect time of year, though. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Take so advantage of all things. the wonderful You know, bodies. shave in some, yeah, yeah. Put, mm-hmm. chop up some asparagus, put whatever in there. But, you know, in the wintertime, very simple, I'll just do little dressing, make it a puddle of dressing in the bottom of the bowl, yeah. little lemon juice, a little mm-hmm. olive oil, nice sea salt, um, toss the, you know, torn up um, romaine and mm-hmm. that. I was going to say radicchio. You can certainly add in some radicchio, yes. but it's not that great in the winter either. And then just maybe a shaving of Parmesan cheese, just to, some nice Parmigiano. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's still a salad, but it's it's so simple. It takes five minutes. Yeah, Even like a simple like lettuce salad or like from greenhouses. Um, yeah. When you're getting a really like nice peppery arugula or, yeah, so good. or some other herbs and things like that. I had some friends over for brunch last weekend and I wanted to have something with quiche and I just grabbed some arugula yeah. and some like leafy greens with a little bit of a lemon vinaigrette and it was awesome. Well, it was great, so yeah. great. And Greg from West Country pretty much ha- grows arugula in a greenhouse. So yeah. he, he grows that in basil, and he's pretty much 12 months a year now. Okay. So it's I think it's called West Country Herbs. I just called him Greg from Warrenville. And he sells <laughs> it at the farm, you know, the Strathcona Farmer. And, and the Italian Center has all his stuff. So you're guaranteed, and these are pretty local. They're hothouse, but they're local. Yeah. Then you can get hothouse uh, peppers and hothouse cucumbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not totally the end of the world. It's not just potatoes, beets, carrots, and parsnips all winter long. <laughs> I, I ran a Alberta local event where I worked a couple weeks ago, and we relied on some hothouse stuff. So we sure. had some hothouse butterleaf lettuce and some peppers. Nice. And, yeah, they were pretty good. I like them. So, mm-hmm. And that was from Red Cliff, I think, outside oh, yeah, of Blackbridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A yeah, lot of this so. stuff get, comes up here, too. They've been in that business for a long, long time. Yeah. This business, yeah. There's Red Hat down in Medicine Hat, and then the other one. Yeah, maybe it was Red Hat. I knew it was yeah, Red in there somewhere. Yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, uh, I, I like the idea of hothouses. There's some really good stuff that comes out of them. Like, it's it's not, it's a little bit different than from, like, the garden, field. I guess, yeah, or field, field, yeah. But it's still better than, you know, something from California. Yeah. Yeah, it's sat, sat in a truck. Weeks yeah. in a truck. That's what I was going to say, yeah. like. Exactly, almost the same way, just spending all the time in the truck. But, you know, that next day produce is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a tendency um, to eat more salads when I'm by myself, because I'll make a dinner mm-hmm. salad. You yeah. know, really whatever I have. And then you just have a big bowl and you, <laughs> you have a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What I've been going to lately is uh, what you were talking about, arugula. I really like mm-hmm. arugula. I like the pepperiness oh, of it. Me yeah. too. So if I'm having, like, say, spaghetti, I've been trying to cut down on what I have, and I'll put... A lot of arugula at the bottom of my spaghetti bowl and put oh, okay. like oh, spaghetti on top yeah. of it. So yeah, it sort of cooks it in. in. Yeah. 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 I also sure. love the wilted greens. Like um, um, oh, I, I like I like kale a lot, which it, like which some people don't for sure. But the Laziatano kale, yeah. um, like massaged Lassinato. a little bit and um, black, or wilted a little bit in pasta and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's really so good. really really yummy too. I like that a lot. But you think of all those wonderful bitter greens the Italians do. You know, the, mm-hmm. um, the one that looks, the name of it escapes me right now. It sort of looks like, rapini. Yeah. I love rapini. Okay, yeah, I just, yeah. you know, I, yeah, just braise some rapini, mm-hmm. braise some kale, braise some Swiss chard. Mm-hmm. So easy to make and so delicious. And it tastes good cold, too. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, leftovers are not so bad. Yeah, I don't really, I've never had cold um, Swiss chard. Like, my wife cooks it at home. 
I love so, Swiss chard. It's so yeah, creamy. It is. Um, I like it when my wife cooks it, so. Um, <laughs> How does she do it? Uh, just usually some garlic and some oil and just nice. yeah. um, a little bit of onions, but that's it. Pretty simple, but really good. Mm-hmm. I find recipes for braised vegetables always use way too much oil. You don't need that much. No, because you there's a lot. kind of want greasy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of liquid know. in there anyway. Yeah, so, so, you know, like whatever water is on them from from washing them into the pan. It's just a scant bit of oil. Yeah. You know, you toss and toss and toss, and like, you don't need two tablespoons of oh, oil. Oh, no, no. Just a tiny bit. I don't think I've ever put that much in. Just a little bit at the bottom of the pan. Just to Yeah, it's plenty. Get it going. And like you said, from washing it, and just there's a little bit of water on there, but yeah, I, I like that. Just... It's really simple, really easy, and really good. Mm-hmm. So that's those are the three things in my book that I really like. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> These pickles are really good, Amanda. Yes. These garlic, what, garlic dills from Muleys? Yes, yeah. We were yeah. talking in our podcast a couple of episodes ago. We were interviewing the guys from Muleys, which is um, essentially like they got started in Edmonton. Um, <laughs> Thank you. They make... Incredible charcuterie, um, oh yeah, so um, awesome. cured meats and things like that. Super local, um, you know, super handmade. Like so, so good. But they make these delicious pickles that we're really big fans of. They make a lot of as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mustards. they were really good. Like I said, I, you could taste the cucumber in it, so yeah. it's not overpowering with everything else. Like mm-hmm. you usually get from like a commercial pickle. Yeah, I really like their carrots. They're because they're super crispy still. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, they didn't have any pickled carrots. But if um, for your listeners in Calgary, when you come up to Edmonton, I think Muley's is a is a must is a oh, must yeah. stop. And and I think for the most part, they're open most days of the week too. So yeah, like I stopped by there. It's a holiday Monday. I stopped by there and and Peter was open. Although he was, he said, "Oh, I had to make some soup anyways, so I thought I might just, I might as well just open the door." <laughs> so, Oh, good. <laughs> Works for me. But you were talking, I, I heard your episode on Muley's, and you're talking, they were talking about how they're using, you just said soup. I'm all tongue tied because I'm thinking about food and I'm just excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're making their bone, like they're using all the bones from local oh, yeah. producers or mm-hmm. making well, they buy stock. And whole animals. Whole yes. From Bear and the Flower and a couple of other farmers, ranchers depending on what they plan to do with the end product, because every pork is a little bit different, right, yeah. in terms of the fat. Um, uh, so, like, you know, in terms of what the fat looks like. So they have this this amazing regime where some things go into, you know, things like copa, and some things go into things like these pepperoni sticks, depending on, on the origin of the pork. And I think that's just so wonderful. And yet, everything goes into their bone broth. Yeah, that's... And that they're not wasting anything. And no, it's so not awesome. I, I like the concept and it's just zero waste, it seems like, and just awesome. Yeah. The, like the pepperoni sticks were really, really good. The pickles were awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I hope you turn it back because I'm going to grab a handful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm hoping to go over Muley's so I can get pepperoni sticks for the drive home. Like, oh, the other sure. thing, actually, just to know, I can't remember exactly what they said, but um, they're selling them in some of the superstore gas bars in yes. the outskirts of the city. So I think St. Albert was one of them that yeah. they mentioned, um, and the north side. So they've been working with um, 
these superstore gas bars to like to have some local product in there. So you can get I don't know if it's these pepperoni sticks specifically, but, but I think something. it might but something along these lines that it's they have. It's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. You know, they've got a you know, eleven eleven, they've got good good um, and then you know these are really made in a natural way, but just the the best the before they day. have yeah. the best before dates. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they come in these lovely packages and isn't that great that you can go into a gas station bar and get something in the suburbs local? Yeah. yeah. That's Not so just cool. downtown. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad local is getting bigger at like someplace like a superstore. Yeah. Because you don't always find the most local stuff there, mm-hmm. but now you can and it's pretty good. Like I think we can all agree local is awesome. Like <laughs> they're putting the love into it. They have that passion for it. And I'm glad that they're driving their product where people can get it easily. Well, I love that you, you know, it, it, within the same economy, we can, you know, employ people and yes. and eat what, you know, what, uh, what comes from this place, right? Like as opposed to something that comes from somewhere else that comes from some other people, you know, like I think it's really awesome that we can have all of that here. Yeah. Well, and also in terms of, let's say, bakery production and, and muleys, what they're doing, they're really reviving some lost arts because these are all made, oh, sorry, these are all made the low, slow way. So, you know, you can buy cold cuts that are made in the fast way, which is just sort of more chemical. It, yeah. You know, where, where good charcuterie is all about time, mm-hmm. air, time, you know, and these slow processes. And that, so they're reviving that and they're teaching that to a whole new generation which is so exciting. And I think that's certainly happening in bakeries. I mean, yes. Sidewalk Citizen is the one that I think of when I think of Calgary. Yeah. It's really pushing the envelope on super old-fashioned, gorgeous sourdoughs, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. And we have a couple of bakeries here in Edmonton um, uh, for pastry, you know, Fan Fan and Baboul and Duchess who are doing amazing, you know, beautiful European-style pastry. And then we have bakeries like uh, Bonjour particularly and also Bontot, who are, who are making these beautiful old-fashioned breads. Yeah, that's... You know, and so they're creating, they're saying to people, you know, you we can do this here. We have these skills. We can teach these skills to people. And, I mean, bread in the supermarket now is 4 or $5 for mm-hmm. their supposedly artisan bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can get real artisan bread for, you know, 4 or $5. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, like, not only what you can buy at a bakery, but also, um, you know, our friend Kaylin Whitaker who um, teaches classes and and in her uh, oh. ruby apron? She's the she's queen really, of sourdough. She's the queen of sourdough, and she's also essentially single-handedly created a community of like sourdough bakers in she's the amazing. city. That really and and she really focuses on local um, Alberta um, grains and 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 products overall. So if you go to a class with her, like that's all she's talking about. Nice. And um, and she really um, she really empowers her students with that. And I think that's a amazing too because those when you can also learn it yourself and pass that down onto your future generations or onto your friends and and can kind of communicate about that thing together is amazing yeah (laughs) a friend of mine at at work he um he got into it and we have we have bread talk basically every monday (laughs) every monday after the weekend because he's baked a couple of loaves and he's talking about like what he experienced and and um what went well what didn't go well and and that's so awesome too is to have to cultivate these like conversations yeah. around food. Yeah, that's we, awesome. We did a road trip with uh, with Kaylin. Well, not just us, a few people did, but we stopped at, um, we went down to high country, so we went to the- Highwood Crossing. Highwood Crossing, yeah. we went down to the, bake, to the people who make, uh, Tony and uh, Penny who make grains, 
and went through their facility, and then we stopped at Sidewalk Citizen, and then way back we stopped at the brewery. In Lacombe, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. at, you know, so it was Blind just man, it was yeah. sort of all these things to do with, you know, barley and grains and all these things. We did do a podcast. The sound's not that great because we were in the car, but uh, we just had so much fun on that mm-hmm. on that road trip. And Kaylin mm-hmm. was, was, she's just inspiring. Nice. I like that. I, my wife has been making a lot of sourdough. Oh, wow. And yeah. so usually she'll make a loaf of sourdough during the week, but then Friday is Pizza Fridays at her house. Oh, fine. And She's doing her own pizza. It's now a sourdough cool. crust. Yeah, well, that's great. That, yeah. It tastes delicious, and it seems like it's just getting better and better, yes. better every week because of that fermentation in the dough and it's just and probably her skills too it's amazing like as you develop as a baker like the things that you can tune into a little bit more with your dough or what or what's going on um even in the atmosphere as things are getting warmer or colder or whatever like there's so much variation in it and it's really fun like once you figure out how to play with that what you can really do yeah she was complaining the other day when she was making a loaf of bread because it was too cold and she says it's too cold now (laughs) it's not rising the way i wanted it to so I have yeah. a cute story to tell about that. A friend of mine, uh, well, our friend, Brad, Brad Smoliak, who's a chef here in town, but he loves, he p- finds these Italian Nona videos on YouTube, and he just is always telling the most hilarious stories. So he's talking about one, this little old lady, you know, she's got the cardigan on, she's making some, uh, I think she's going to be making either some bread or some pizza dough, I'm not quite sure what she was making. But she says, oh, now she's got it in the bowl. She says, now I have to put it in a warm place. So she walks over to her couch. And puts an afghan on top of it. <laughs> I just love that. But, you know, I think it's not just, you know, it, it's what you do in your home is so important, but not everybody has that yes. time or the inclination yeah. or whatever. So I think it's great that we can we can also buy these really mm-hmm. well-made things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thinking of pizza dough, I mean, both the Italian Center and uh, Bonjour Bakery offer their pizza dough for sale. You might buy it fresh or frozen. Which is just such a, mm-hmm. you know, such a boon to people who want to have a more homemade taste, but they don't have the time to do it, mm-hmm. so they start yeah. with that. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I like to make my own dough at home, but sometimes it's just not enough time. So yeah. Yeah. stopping yeah. at, um, well, we have Lena's in right Lina's. In, in Calgary, yeah. and they have the bags of dough, yeah. and you know, it's just so simple. Go home and yeah, let it rise a little bit and roll it out, and you have a pizza. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is nice. I mean, yeah, the sourdough process, you have to, like, really, like, know what, you know, schedule your weekend or whatever it is <laughs> yes. to make sure that you can do the folds or you can make sure you're feeding the your yeast or your starter at the right times and things like that. But it's And if you don't have an afghan... I mean, yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do? How are you going to keep it warm? <laughs> Electric blanket. <laughs> but, magic thing. Um, ladies, I really enjoyed this chat. It was really fun. Thanks again for coming on to the podcast. Thanks so much. Um, where can people find Tomato Radio? Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, just search for Tomato Radio. Um, we're also on social media. Uh, our lovely, who's not here today with us, Christina Pappas. She's our lovely social media manager, um, and she takes care of our channels. And if you just search Tomato Radio on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you can you can find us there. And yeah, and on the Alberta Podcast. Network. Oh, and on the Alberta yes. Podcast Network. Of yes, so we forgot yeah. about that. So yeah. Um, again, thanks for coming on. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs>